Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Are you serious? This is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. And my name is Producer Bill. What's going on, Bill? You right, mate? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Good stuff, good stuff. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there, so it's our job to try it and let you know about it uh, and also kill some time with some familiar faces. On today's show, it's James Haskell. We're going to press, press play on the interview that we had with him in just a moment. I think it's time that we dig into a killer bit where we talk about something that we killed some time with. It's an unpaid review. I just want to put it out there because a lot of people are like, you try out so much stuff, are you getting paid? Is this a a legit review? If it's commercial content and branded content, I think we'll be sure to let people know. Is that right, Bill? Hashtag ad. But this this one is not hashtag Hashtag ad. ad. I got a car, Bill, to drive. It was a Lexus UX self-charging hybrid, which means it doesn't need to be plugged in. No plugs. No diesel, no compromise. That's their catchphrase. So basically at the moment we're in this interesting time where cars are transitioning into fully electric vehicles, right? So there's one side where there's fully fully electric vehicles where there's not, I'd say, the best performance in terms of mileage and output. And then on the other side, you've got really unhealthy cars which are destroying the environment that we live in. So Lexus are kind of helping us to gradually move over into a world where we don't need to have as much petrol or diesel well no diesel on this used when you're using a vehicle so the ux is that indeed it's a self-charging hybrid now how it works is it's got a bit of a bigger battery in it than a usual hybrid it's really really good at taking power from the wheels and self-charging the hybrid battery and that means when you're doing little under 20 mile an hour journeys i'd say mostly or little whips around town it means that you're not using any fuel at all you're just using energy and it charges from the brakes it charges from the movement of the wheels and that's it really in in a nutshell bill so does this one it says hybrid this 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 one takes petrol Mm -hmm. so you put it yeah when you go to the petrol station to be clear really good question you put petrol in it that's what you put in it you don't ever plug it into a wall there are cars that you plug into a wall but with this you do not Generally with hybrids, I was under the impression that once your petrol runs out, you run on the electric. And now what this does is, see, think about it. That's another good question because if your petrol runs out first, it means you use all of the petrol, mess up the environment, then use your electricity after. Whereas this uses the electricity first. So say I'm going downhill and I'm not using that much energy to push myself forward. It will use the electricity to do that. Furthermore, if I start braking, it will start charging up the electric battery even more. So that when I pull away again at traffic lights, I'm not using any fuel whatsoever. But if I do need to put my foot down on the motorway, something that isn't as easy to get kind of good traction and torque out of an electric vehicle at the moment, it will slowly shift into using the petrol. It'll even use a bit of both. It will use as much electricity as possible. So it'll be a long time before you need to really fill up again. Do you want to hear my story about how much mileage I got out of it? Well, for starters... The, f- the car I drove beforehand 
was a really loud, like V8 five liter engine, right? Not very good for the environment, I know. Um, so when I first got in this, I pressed start <laughs> and it was ready to go, but I was expecting to hear an engine noise because I'm not, I'm not used to drive, driving EVs. So I was like, what the fuck, what's going on, bruv? What's going on? Um, and there was, there was a very clear signage saying the car is ready to drive, but I was waiting for that kind of, but there wasn't, it wasn't there because it's just ready to take off. So about seven minutes, seven long minutes, I'm looking around <laughs> trying to find manuals and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, no, it's good to go. Um, so I drove it around town, like locally, just like shops up the road to my mates, being really careful. It's got a really good heads up display that lets you know when you're using electric and when you're using petrol and when you're using a combination of both. Um, so I drove it around town and I felt like I, th- I, th- I was really unsure whether it was one of those petrol gauges that kind of was going to drop from full to halfway because it literally didn't go down for like the first five days. That was only nipping around town. It was like think I did about 70 miles on it and it was still at a full tank because I wasn't really using much gas at all I was just using the electric battery Um, and also what you can do on this as well there's a button that you can press and put it into full electric vehicle mode where it will not rely it won't transition into the petrol if you charge up the hybrid enough when I for the first few days I had it because I was only doing little nippy journeys I hadn't charged it up enough but when I took it on a road trip I drove up to Preston um, back again I found that on my way there driving on the motorway yes I did start to use fuel um, I'd actually charged up the electric battery enough so that I could flick it into EV mode mm. when I landed in, in Preston I could drive around for the next 10-15 minutes not using any fuel at all uh, and did a gig drove back <laughs> and ju- just when I got home I needed to fill up the tank a little bit obviously for the guy that was taking it back um, but I managed to get Six hundred, and I've taken. Actually, I've got pictures actually of the dash. Let's whip this out so I can tell you no lies. On the way back, I had six hundred miles on the dash. What six hundred miles is what you've driven? I'd driven six hundred miles on a full tank, including little nippy trips around town and one big motorway. And how much had left? Half tank. No, no, that was a whole tank done. All gone. Yeah. That's that's really really good. That's not bad. Yeah, it is really really good, and I just I was really impressed. Um, and in terms of a Lexus, I don't know if you've been. Have you been inside many Lexus's? No, not uh, really. No, it's like a spaceship, bruv. It's like not a low. It's it, it's not a lo-fi car at all by any means. It's got like a adjustable heads-up display uh, on the on the dash, and then it also projects onto the windscreen. So you can see stuff That's good. like augmented reality. So you can keep your eyes up on the road and still know when your car's, what speed it's doing, uh, it's whether it's in EV mode or not. Um, it's got a special, if you, if you put your hand in the air and face your palm away from you and then put it on your thigh, shout out to you if you're doing this on the train and everyone's looking at you weird. It's got a handset, like a navigation set on the um, armrest area that fits your hand perfectly so there's a button under your thumb a button under your a button under each of your fingers and you can use that to kind of navigate the menu as you drive which is really nice you don't have to lift up your hand and use the touchscreen display um the one we had had levers on the inside which were quite nice aircon was lovely sound system was pretty decent uh pretty minimalistic display but you would have to sit there and press all the buttons and i missed the press all the buttons so like i pressed 
every single button to find out how everything worked and it's got a really um customizable display it's just to the left of the dashboard where the usual kind of display is in cars nowadays it's got really customizable display so you can kind of have information about your journey you can even have like a split screen map on your journey as well which shows a bit more of certain parts of your journey than others um yeah and that was the inside of the car it always sounds very good especially at 600 miles it's not bad it's not bad not bad at all uh and the outside of the car yeah, we had a white one. It looked kind of cool. Like Lexus is a quite they're quite edgy looking cars, aren't they? Like yeah. they kind of got sharp lines on them and stuff. It's kind of that look again. It looked really nice, man. Um, it's kind of a vehicle. The UX is is no coupe. It's a it's a five door space for a couple of mates in the back. You in the front, pretty high up as well, which I liked as well. Like um, because I'm a tall lad, so like sports cars and stuff like. They look cool to people, like, but for me, getting in and out of a uh, sports car definitely requires some like commando rolling. So yeah, it's kind of it looks like it is not, but it looks like a kind of four by four. Do you know what I mean? Like a small one, like a, like a compact, a tiny one, compact, compact SUV. So yeah, that was it, man. I had a, had a really good ride in it. And we got any other questions about it, Bill? Um, no, not particularly. Not not as far as I'm aware. Just yet, you got a, you got a price? Oh yeah, I think it starts from thirty grand. The, the vehicle we had was the F-Sport, so if you put your foot down, it could move. So I think that's about 40k, So mm. there's, and there's room between that um, in terms of customizables that you want. I must say, though, because I'm a sucker for like trying to get the best juice out of stuff, I didn't really want to put my foot down too much. In fact, that's probably the slowest drive I've ever made up north, because I was like, let's maintain the optimum speed for highest M miles per gallon. That's what we'll probably will make these new electric cars. It'll probably force people to drive slower. Because they don't want to charge it up again. Yeah, I mean, look, with full electric vehicles, I think it makes you very aware because we're all really worried, like, about don't running out down, juice. Yeah. yeah, but this kind of gives you the best of both worlds. And even if you're doing, pre like, if you're doing under 20 miles an hour, you can pretty much be assured that you're going to use the electric vehicle, mm. uh, the, the, the hybrid battery, which is kind of the speed that you should be driving around London in. We're London-based. When you're on the motorway, at times, if you are decelerating quickly, you will find that it won't be using fuel either. So, or if you're kind of slowing down you'll find that it is pumping juice right back into the battery as well so it's pretty it's pretty cool man had fun with it okay yeah we've got an article up on the website all about it with some nice cool pictures of it too now it's time we jump into our interview with james haskell uh one quick thing before you go yeah go on uh, congratulations on not having to clean your clean your flat ever again oh yeah oh shit oh yeah congratulations on not having to clean my flat ever again yeah I just did some work with joe for uh, a year uh yeah joe.co.uk uh invited my flatmate uh, to Thought Park to challenge ourselves on the Bouncezilla inflatable assault course. Infl inflatable assault course, which was more like I don't know if you've watched Gladiators or not. If you haven't, just type in Gladiators. Or it Takeshi's felt like Castle. it was like Takeshi's Castle combined with Gladiators. Like, like there's like a travelator bit at the end where you got to run up, and we had loads of fun filming that year. But once we did the main race and I won, spoiler alert, we had to go around and shoot some extra bits to like pickups. Mate, after I've gone around that a few times, I'll tell you what, I had a proper workout, you know, proper workout. Uh, so yeah, that was Mount Zilla at Thought Park. Check that out. We, do we put a link for that in the show description as well? So you can see me yeah, walking we'll a flat put a link ass. to your Twitter at the end there. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. That was, that was a load of fun. Um, look out for more stuff that I might potentially be doing with Joe and Thought Park moving forward as well. Uh, but yes. Oh shit. One more thing. The switch. Haven't even mentioned oh, the that. Switch, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, this is where we'll ask you for a little bit of help, please. Uh, the podcast, The Switch, is a podcast, a pilot that I've made with Wise Buddha and Acast. It's a finalist in a competition where the winner will get 
a full series commissioned. Now, my version is about tech, obviously. Uh, and in an earlier episode of How to Kill an Hour, we met a guy called Joshua Browder who made a website called donotpay.co.uk. And he mentioned to us that this website that helped you pay off parking tickets, he was going to use the same tech in it to really help the world. And we kept an eye on him. And I wrote a documentary about him. And the pilot for that got picked up and rejigged and moved around. And it's now called The Switch. Hi, my name's Marcus. Marcus Bronzy. Welcome to The Switch. Now, technology is mostly made for you. That means behind all of the computer chips, circuits, processors, lines of code, etc., there are real human stories. This podcast will share them with you and also delve into how some of this tech works. In every episode, we're going to go on a journey where we're going to learn a little along the way. I'd love if you could support it, but you can support it by one, clicking the link in the show description that says The Switch. Uh, checking out the pod giving it a five star rating and review if you think it's worthy of it it helps us helps some of the weighting towards whether the judges um, pick it as the winner Um, another thing they'll do is another thing you can do is go to launchpod.org launchpod.org and uh, vote for the switch as well really appreciate that too I must say though the other finalists are very good as well so there's three great finalists there and a lot of people say this and don't mean it I genuinely whoever wins I'll be really really happy but I had a great time making a podcast with the guys there so if you like something that's a bit docky it's a bit what would you say it's like Bill uh, it's very documentary like yeah well could you compare it to another pod of course you damn got no joking could you compare it to another pod uh, I haven't known very many documentary type podcasts out there to be honest I'm just going to go for a big one you like cereal you like this oh how, <laughs> how could I forget cereal yeah Jesus yeah yeah see it's so good it makes you forget cereal exists time to jump into an interview with an English rugby union player who played for Northampton Saints uh, and internationally for England made his international debut for England at just 21 in the 2007 Six Nations Championship against Wales has enjoyed a great journey into broadcasting in their career most recently they've been on a question of sport a league of their own the chase also done punditry for BT Sport BBC CAN and some hilarious stuff for Sky Sports which we'll get into in the interview as well also Channel 4 uh, worked on Channel 5 and TalkSport has a one of a number one podcast in their field at the moment has written books uh, and is getting into music. I mean, there's nothing that this guy can't do. But one of the most important things is that on the 7th of May 2019, Mr. James Haskell announced his retirement from professional rugby via an Instagram post. So when he came in, the first thing we asked him was, is how is retirement? Yeah, it's all right. It's good. It's treating me um, well. It's a bit more partying than I would have liked just because I've lived kind of a, quite a dedicated life for the last 18 seasons and I could probably do one night out but there's been quite a few nights out um everything seems to send into a party because I don't don't have anything to have to do I've always got work stuff yeah so I'm a bit bad like I'll, I'll go for a party you know I'll, I'll let my hair down and go till one then I'll just pack up and go right I've got to go home but right. my wife's like well you we just can't leave everyone I said well I've got stuff to do so we yeah. had a few arguments over that in terms of me wanting to pull the plug because that's what I used to do when I played you know you'd, I'd go out not drink uh, stay out for a bit and then leave because I have something the next day. Now I'm going out and getting smashed and then pulling the pin because I've got something the next day and I don't want to be late. I can't can't mm. do hung, uh, uh, hangovers very well. But other than that, it's good. Get a lot of chance to do different things like come on your guys' podcast yeah. and I find myself I've had to get myself an assistant. I know it sounds really big time. Not like I haven't got a like a, I'm not like a Kardashian where I've got like a pop assistant. I've got one of these virtual assistants. They're incredible actually. You kind yeah. of buy blocks of hours. Mm. Um, 
So you buy like five hours, 10 hours, 20 hours, whatever. And she's sort of managing my diary. And it means that I'm like, because normally I'd just come into London to do this and not do anything else. But now I've got like five things back to back all organized. So I'm getting stuff done. Um, It's driving my wife mad because she's a control freak and she wants to control everything. So she can't do that anymore. So, (laughs) so, you know, and and things like flights and stuff are getting sorted. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. I haven't thought a lot about rugby. Yeah. No, I haven't. That's weird, right? Well, do you know what it is? I think mentally it's... um, quite a good thing because every time i think about rugby see rugby watch clips of stuff on tv talk about it it gets me down a little bit because the world cup's coming up i would like to play it's not it's just still has that kind of um annoying effect also because my foot which i retired from is still really sore so that pisses me off um so all those kind of things you know it's nice to just be away from it and obviously bizarrely rugby's not really following me around at the moment we're in the middle of summer the england team are training I've been asked to go into camp, so I might pop in and, and, and see them. But that'd be my first contact with rugby. I've had nothing, nothing else. I've just been DJing, a lot of speaking, a lot of partying, a lot of working, a odd bit of training. I mm. haven't been training as much as I should have done. That's been the hardest thing, trying to fit that in. You know, for kind of however many years, every day I knew where I was supposed to be. I mean, I went to boarding school from age kind of eight till 18. So I knew where I was every day there. And then yeah. from 18 to 34, I was a professional sportsman. And now I'm... Um, I have to create my own timetable and some days I'm just messing it up and not getting time to train. Like today's the first time I've trained in four days today. So that's why I've got a bit of pump on. So Yeah, you're looking a bit wide. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, you don't, I don't think you, you don't look like you lost it quite yet, mate. But I have slimmed down actually. I was about 122 kilos about eight weeks ago and now I'm 112 something. So I've, I've lost a little bit just for summer. You know. So this is with a little bit of size lost on you. Yeah, yeah this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might not be looking at the video right now, but James is fucking wedge. <laughs> He's wham. Um, but yeah, so you did have some proper sort of time off in Fiji though, right? I heard you mentioning that on your own podcast as well, and you were looking very bronzed right now. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I've done all right actually with the tanning. Um, it, it, Fiji was wicked. I kind of, we went there for two days, um, flew out there, went for two days, had a really nice time getting introduced to Fiji, flew straight from Fiji to Tonga. Mm. Well, I had a mate of mine, Billy Vanapola, uh, England rugby player, um, his wedding, which was insane. I ended up giving two speeches. Two speeches? Wasn't First one was kind of like... I pretty much helped myself up second one was uh, i was invited up um and that was you know that was kind of amazing culturally unbelievable really kind of eye-opening the uh, pacific islands um you know you kind of have no idea what they're like until you you kind of go there um and obviously just fiji so beautiful tonga so beautiful um and then we came back for a week and went to turtle island which is where they filmed the movie blue lagoon i haven't seen blue lagoon but uh, it's got yeah. brook shields in it not sure a lot of your audience will have seen it. It's a bit of an old movie, but um, it's basically unbelievable lagoons, you know, crystal clear water. Went there for five days. Obviously, did a hello photo shoot. Standard. <laughs> got, got to do it. Um, so that's out at the moment. So that's, um, you know, filling up the shelves. Um, so we did that. And then we came back. And then three days, four days later, we were in Geneva for an, another ex-teammate's mine wedding. Because I've never been to weddings. I've never done stag dudes, never done weddings because I can never do it. Now... I'm just going to everything. Any, a drop of a hat. So you're catching up on all the partying, basically. Yeah. You're getting all those hours back in again. Yeah, so so my wife said to me, she was like, when, when she was really hung over this, it was her birthday, and I took her, I took her away to So Farmhouse, and we stayed, and we, I bumped into a friend and his wife. They were celebrating their anniversary, and it got real loose real quickly. But a big lunch turned into, you know, I ended up getting on the decks at this Soho house. And the lady I was DJing with, a lady called um, uh, Carly, she's a, a, a great DJ. She was playing some unbelievable tech house, yeah, right, which is obviously not the kind of music you normally associate with Soho Farmhouse. And then uh, she said, you get on the decks before, and I was steaming, and we just ended up starting playing techno, and about 40 people in this room just started going off. Sick. So I was 
obviously having the time of life next day when chloe's kind of spewing and in, in, in head in hands she's like i've got to do i gave up all this i've done this <laughs> i did this 20 years ago i'm like you know i'm trying to be professional but now i'm going back through it because i never yeah. did it i never went to uni never did any of it so i'm but i'm pretty much you know the body can't take a lot much more of it so i'm trying to get the more training balance right as opposed to partying balance fair enough but to be fair though you you must have been on a fair few rugby socials though mate and let's let's say they are definitely a category of party that uh are way up there they're not they're not like casual drinks at the pub are they mate? no no but the thing is you normally only have them kind of once or twice a season um, Fair enough. so so you know i was always one of those players where i didn't really used to drink a lot uh was always kind of quite um anal about being professional and didn't ever want to stay out too long so i used to cut you know used to pull the pin a lot smoke bomb a lot you know i'm gonna go into the toilet and just disappear go home but you would have end of season or mid team social, which will be a full all day, normally involving fancy dress, which would be carnage. You know, um, one of our one of our socials made it on the um, made it onto the Daily Mail, the Daily Express, a boat party. Um, I can't go into too much detail, but it was um, it actually wasn't as bad as the newspapers made out. But it was on. We hired a stag do boat, uh, which was purpose built, and the people on the staff, I think they thought they were going to be. Uh, into like no win, no fee, win some cash. If they're going to try and blackmail, Fuckers. blackmail the people, yeah, like morons. And they were like, "We've never seen anything like it." And I was like, "You run a stag do boat, like it was twenty lads. I was dressed as a bird, like it wasn't wasn't that crazy." Um, but they, they tried to make out. We were sort of having some sort of homosexual orgy with each other on the boat and I was like listen we haven't just all left our wives and girlfriends and like finally gone we're free put on YMCA it was kind of quite a lot of bullshit so that made that in the paper so you now have to be so tame with what you're doing was that when they used to like actually do honey traps they used to send birds to parties I've heard stories where they've sent oh, yeah, yeah, birds yeah, to yeah. parties and then and they've gone there and like pretended to have a good time. A photo has been taken, yeah. and then it's in the paper. So there's the two, two things. There's uh, one very famous, a guy called Phil Greening, who's um, the US A7s coach, and a guy called Joe Worsley, who used to play with. They were walking outside Twickenham once after training. These two birds came over and were like, mate, mate, can we just do a photo with you? We'd love to have a photo. And a guy came out with like a professional lens and just said the photo. They both lifted their tops up and had tits out with the sun plastered on them and obviously did the lads. Yeah. Um, there have been there's been quite a few stitch ups. Now, I, I remember in Australia I was involved in this this um I don't want to give too much away from the, from the autobiography. Oh, but there fair, was, um, fair enough. There was a boat trip where it went um and it basically it was entitled Boats and Hose, like you know, from <laughs> Step Brothers. And it was again stitch it was complete stitch up. They, 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 there was no brass on the boat, there was nothing like that, but it was just it was just because we were out in Australia, they just all try and cash in. But I mean we ten times worse for footballers. Like I wouldn't if a bird came up to you randomly if I was a footballer, I'd just run in the other direction. You know, that's yeah. why I'm so glad I'm married. So I just anything that just ha- I just run the other way, and then I just can't be involved. I can just see pictures of that trying to be taken, and you just diving yeah, out. Of the yeah, way, yeah, yeah. That's what, what mean, happened right? on that boat and hosting. Everyone else was on the boat, and this was going out, and I saw this guy pull out the most professional tele- telescopic lens. Big giveaway! And I just went, yeah. lads, get down! And I fucking <laughs> died. And on this photo, you can just see my feet poking outside the boat, where all the other lads are on there, and no one heard me. And there's one of my mates like holding a Corona while his girls are kind of uh, they were like. Um, PR girls like uh, just serving drinks but they mm. were in like kind of lingerie-ish kind of things on this kind of boat trip and uh, it looked, looked terrible but I was well out of the way but I still got mentioned in the text standard yeah you still get put in I still got foot, foot was clearly <laughs> in yeah, the wrong yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it was yeah. normally my terrible f- sh- uh, shoe choice that probably caught me out you know what I mean a big <laughs> orthopedic shoe hanging off the back of the boat <laughs> so like is is the how bad is the foot right now like so you walked in here you're not on crutches but, yeah. but, but, but it's bad yeah it's bad it, it's um so I, I think at some point you know, I hope it's calming down because I'm not running on it, but it's not amazing. I think that at some point I might have to have an operation mm-hmm. um, to fuse it, 
which will you know three or four months rehab to get it to get it right uh, where they basically take the joint out they kind of almost attach your toe to your the other bone so you'll have limited range um there are apparently a couple of premiership footballers running around with it um no rugby players had it done or no top level rugby players had it done it's, it's annoying it's just annoying because i love training i love doing different stuff it's just you know things like you just catch it or just trying to walk sometimes or if i wear bad shoes that aren't really stiff like if i wore flip-flops hour later i'll be unable to walk it's mm. that sore it's just it's just a bit debilitating really that's just yeah. an annoying annoying thing i can imagine like a coffee table stub is going to be a oh real yeah yeah your or life. a stairs stub. Oh, yeah i know yeah. i know it is it is a bit of a nightmare so um i've just been smashing a load of um there's a lot of uh, uh, anti-inflammatories and bits and pieces that you can't take when you're playing because right. of testing and everything yeah, else like that. Yeah, yeah. So I've just I'm in the middle of a course of that to try to calm it down, but it's not making that much difference. So I think we just have to hold out and maybe get the operation. Okay, but you're quite into your fitness. So if you're taking out that running cardio, how are you going to kind of counteract that now? Which so is- I'm doing. I've just got myself a watt bike. They're pretty rank um, in terms of the condition. They've got this kind of cool app that links with them. I always use the Versa Climber. For me, like the Verse Climb is the best bit of cardio equipment. It's kind of full body carnage. It's the thing that Ivan Drago uses in Rocky Four. Oh, you know, that, oh, that yeah, looks it, terrible. Yeah, yeah it is. Oh. It, mate, it's honestly, it's nothing. Everyone always goes, oh, you should try the assault bike. You should try this. I'm like, nah, Versa Climber will end you. Um, yeah. so, and that gets your legs. You come off that, you feel like you've done leg weights. Your lungs are, are, are bursting. So what I'll do is um, I'm just doing beach weights at the moment, which is quite fun because I don't have to train for anything other than just aesthetics. Mm. So I'm doing this program called Pump City, which I'm really pleased about um, doing that. I've got Chloe onto it as well. And we basically just, I do, uh, you know, whatever body part it is. Um, and then cardio afterwards, and I, and I flip between hit, so obviously hit training or uh, moderate state stuff, yeah. a bit more endurance things. And then, you know, and then I'll come out with some horrific circuit like Chloe and I before her birthday, woke up on her birthday morning before we started piling into champagne and cake, just did a naughty circuit pretty horrible i almost threw up on myself but i've just learned to rope climb as well so we were doing some of that chloe learned to rope climb about 30 seconds so yeah, we've just been playing around just trying to have fun but i still want to train like i still have to put myself in a hole i put myself in a hole this morning just um because i haven't trained for a while um and it, i just like testing myself where i've still still push myself it's very disciplined to be honest because uh, a lot of sports people <clears throat> not a lot of but you do hear of sports people i don't know prince nazim yeah like, and he's totally cool with it he's just gone yeah, yeah no, away I'm you not, just don't care not about that life i just think looking like a melted wheelie bins is not really my <laughs> my vibe do you know what i mean like when you tuck it <laughs> when you have to tuck your fucking stomach into top of your shorts and you know what i mean it's just not yeah. when you're wearing high-waisted shit to cover stuff up it's just not no good. Saying that to my mate the other day, he's like, high waisted jeans. I'm like, no, no, no. As soon as your jeans don't fit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a sign that something needs to I, be done. I, I mean, there's a few, I know we're not, it's not the kind of show, but yeah, I've yeah. got some real issues with um, birds with high waisted stuff. Um, there's a big, obviously, a big thing about high waisted, just birds with, makes them, I've like, got terrible dumpers, massive, massive darbs, or. <laughs> <laughs> the terminology I use is fupa, but you, you'd have to. I'm not going to tell you what that means, but you'd have to Google that yeah. uh, for the listeners. What fupa? A lot of fupa hanging out the front, a lot of darbs, a lot of lads, right? Big tracksuit bottoms, a lot of men wearing high waisted stuff. It's like, no, no, no. Forget high waisted. It's not about the life. You've got to cover it up. Yeah. Then it's no good. You know, like I know women have got the, the advantage of spanks, and, I'm, and the woman who made, you know, made spanks made a billion. I understand that. I'm not body shaming, but lads as well. There are some hanging lads, and English people, <laughs> English people. In the summer, you see some of the most rascal get-ups you've ever seen. Terrible tattoos, pale, pasty, skin conditions, just shit gears everywhere. Mm. And it really upsets me when I drive around in the summer. And I'm not the, I'm, I'm the best-dressed person in the world either. 
but I, I, it does depress me. English people at the seaside is just village. <laughs> village. I'm, a, you know, I, I agree. I think when it when it comes to wearing clothes, I'm always I always want to be the guy who wears my clothes. I don't want my clothes to wear me. No, yeah, do you know exactly. what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, like, I'm, and I've been big. I will be big again, and I, I get trim again. But I'm always in the mindset that I, if if I've got a big belly and I'm out. I'm I'm gonna wear the same kind of clothes. I'm not gonna try and wear some concealing nah. six pack padded padded it. abs t shirt yeah. or something like that. It. Or yeah. be like that weird guy, that Kendall, that uh, Alvarez oh. guy, the guy who's literally just tortured himself into oblivion. But it's weird. We, we as a society put him something like him on the Daily Mail. We all watch him implode from a distance, and instead yeah. of someone just putting an arm around and going, "Mate, you have some serious mental health issues," we're not gonna publish this because we're not we don't want to keep thinking this is a good idea yeah. where people are getting like fat put in to make abs it's like no no it's insane the things you can do with fat nowadays is insane <laughs> Mate, it? but it's just it, but also it's hot the thing is as well we live in a world as well culturally where people trying to sell you the dream that it's really easy to get in shape that actually being in shape's fun it's it's hard like being really really lean is hard you have to yeah. be restrictive but equally um it's actually not that hard to shift timber and it's actually not that hard to, to stay in reasonable shape if you kind of understand. But we make things super complicated, nutrition and training, when there's so much technology and apps and stuff that can help you. Like my fitness pals are key. You know, I track all my food, track everything. Um, just because I, I know, you know, I can check. I mean, I literally went from 122 to 112 yeah. from just from training, just restricting myself a little bit, mm. still able to f- have fun, still able to, have, to drink when I need to drink. Mm. Um, but people just make it really complicated. Like you've got to drink, you know anything that's green or eat anything that's a beige or being vegans better than you know no sugar and no sugar is better than having no alcohol and, yeah. you know if you eat chocolate you're gonna die it's just bullshit well, people that have like a thousand bananas in a smoothie oh. and go that's health yeah that's yeah. health right now it's just like have my, a thousand carrots it's like, it's like my parents who um I, I said to them right listen you need to don't eat breakfast you know within 30 minutes of waking good to have some whey protein or some protein so have a have a protein shake just because you're not gonna eat breakfast good to start your your, your um your day, your good for your yeah, yeah. Immune, immune system and everything else. And uh, I came out there, they they're both getting fat as fuck, and I was like, what? What's going on? And I saw them make a smoothie. It was like smoothie. They'd bought a mass gainer instead of whey protein because it was chocolate. They were banging in blueberries, bananas, fruit. Uh, you've got all these birds going, yeah, listen, I'm eating this wicked salad. And it's like salad covered in avocado, nuts, olive oil. I'm like, you've literally got 800 calories worth of stuff in that salad. Cause Before people, the dressing. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> people forget that yeah. fats are like yeah. nine calories per one gram. Yeah. So people go, I'm eating nuts, healthy nuts. You, you eat a fucking handful of 300 calories of nuts. Like yeah. You're not doing yourself any favors. And they're all going, yeah, what I do is I have this salad and then later I'm going to have pasta. You're like, no, that's just literally fat and carbohydrate. Where, where's the protein on there? Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's mad. <clears throat> it's fair enough, though. My Fitness Pal, when I've used that quite a lot, and if you haven't used My Fitness Pal, basically it's an app where you can it asks you all of the information, like age, weight, height, and then it kind of recommends on your preference if you want to lose weight or gain a bit mm. of weight what to eat, and you can tweak it, go a bit further than that. But its presets are pretty reasonable. Yeah. But the easiest thing about it, I like, is I can go and eat something, scan it, mm. like go Tesco, Sainsbury's, whatever, scan it, and it literally tells you the calories, the protein, and everything in it. And when I'm on it, when I'm doing more of that. It does work, and I think measuring is one of the most important Mate, it's things. It's so when key it comes to because fitness. also, well, there's two things. So I, I brought out a cookbook, Cooking for Fitness, which we put barcodes on every recipe, so everyone can scan them. So you're making it and following the book. It's kind of quite unique in out there. People haven't done that yet, so that was kind of our, one of our our key selling points with that. The other thing is is that weighing stuff. It's really anal, a bit invasive, but actually gives you a really good idea because people get like guesstimate sometimes up to like 700, 800 calories wrong. Like, I remember a guy I gave this guy a plan and I, I'd seen him like two days later and he was like eating nothing for dinner. And I was like, what, um, 
why are you not eating? I told you, you've got to be eating you know, food, what's going on? He said, oh, well, I've done all my calories. I went, how? And he said, well, I had 100 grams of, of oats at uh, breakfast. Said, Show me how much you had. And he filled a bowl up. Went, Let me weigh that for you. It was like 30 grams. I was like, mate, you've you got to understand. Like People guesstimate, oh, I'm having a steak, a 700 you know, grams. Like, no, that's 200 grams. Yeah. And I, I do that with the lads. We all sit around like England training or, or, or Northampton. I'll be like, right guesstimate what those salmon and it sounds like we've run out of chat but it's like <laughs> guesstimate that guesstimate that and they're all off they're all wrong do you yeah. know what I mean and it's just so important to just get a pair of scales start doing it start you know making a difference because you could literally be out by that many calories and just completely screwing yourself over so it's worth it if you're serious about trying to change your body doing my fitness pal taking a bit of time to, to weigh yourself even when you go out looking at the menu before you get to the restaurant and just seeing what's what typing in seeing where you go mm. you know and then you go add on the 500 kilograms of butter that the chef throws on it anyway. Do you know what I mean? And you don't know what they cook it in. That's the other thing. So that's why you've got to go a bit safer because you don't know what they're cooking it in. Yeah, I mean, I've watched some cooking programs and I've seen the, the chefs go, yeah, just put in a little bit of butter, yeah. half a knob yeah. of butter. Well, the guy, that Salt Bay dude. Yeah. You know, have you seen what he cooks those steak? He literally oh, picks up yeah. a whole slab of butter, <laughs> throws the butter into the pan, explodes oil, and then he melts and then he's cooking this whole thing in it. I mean, I've it makes me feel sick. Like, I haven't, he's never, all the food he, he cooks looks amazing. I just don't think I could bring myself to eat any of it. Yeah. It looks so, uh, looks like a heart attack. Some, some of the meat, when he cuts it, and I, and I look into it, because I, I like a red steak, see a bleeding steak, I'm like, I'll have a slice of that, but not the whole cow, though. Yeah, but you know he puts yeah. cow, but then he puts like massive amounts of cheese oh, on yeah, top yeah, of yeah, it, and does all this stuff. Yeah. It's a bit aggressive. Yeah. Like, I love a steak. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm massively into my barbecue. Like, I've got this new, um, I've gone completely mad this summer. I've got a pizza oven and uh, 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 a barbecue. Uh, this Traeger barbecue that cooks on wood chips. Got Traeger, yeah, mate, okay. so key, mate. Honestly, it, I pr- I promise to God, I know they're expensive, but it has turned me from someone who couldn't cook into someone who literally is completed barbecuing. I tell you why, because you're cooking everything to temperature, nothing to time, and that is the key to anything. We you know we always look at things as packets and cook it or or whatever. Now it is all about temperature, and it and it, and I'm cooking up. I just did slow cooked ribs, five hours, mm. baby back ribs, barbecue sauce, uh, you know, bit of brown sugar, all this kind of stuff. Mate, unbelievable pizza oven. I'm making fucking pizzas. It's like Domino's pizza restaurant around my house. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just, uh, honestly, all like, it's just absolutely changed my whole barbecue. I'm trying to barbecue everything. You're enjoying retirement, mate. mate Fuck you know. Know. <laughs> I waste low, all my money on technology. Yeah. That's my entire life is just yeah. technology. What you what, what's some of the techie things you're into at the moment? I see you got an Apple Watch there, so oh, I see mate. you're invested in that ecosystem. Right, so I, I will. I'm going to start from sort of top to bottom. Let's go, so, man. Let's okay. do it. So, well, the things that come with me everywhere I go, MacBook Pro everywhere, obviously portable hard drive. Um, I always carry two sets of headphones: one Bluetooth, one uh, what Beats. Um, uh, Beats Pros, you know the with cable ones. I think they're the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just got those Power Beats. The, uh, the new ones. The new ones. Yeah, um, they're wicked. Obviously, iPhone, Apple Watch, um, iPad. I've got an iPad Pro at home, but I use that for kind of um, watching stuff in the morning, doing emails when I'm sitting on the, on, on the counter. Um, but that, that comes, as I said, the thing comes with me everywhere. GoPro, always got GoPro with me, and a couple of little bit of attachments um, that always kind of roll with me, um, just because I find it super useful when I'm training, doing stuff, doing a bit of... You can, get, you can go live from it. I've struggled a little bit with the live, but it's got that kind of real mm. nice stabilization on it. Um, I, if I'm going to go on holiday, I always take. I've got a Canon M50 for like blogging with a with a road mic on top of it. Um, I think it, you know, obviously, a lot of DJing's kind of come apart my life, so I've got quite a cool setup at home. Um, we were saying before the show, I've got you know 
two 2000Xs, uh, a 900, two 1000s, and a, and a Zone 96 for more of the techno vibe, but I, I need to get the hang of that. Um, yeah. I use an Evermix box to record all those. That's so useful. Just record everything to your phone. So even when I go into the to gigs, I always take that with me. Um, and then I'm trying to think, what else? Obviously, got drones. I fucking spent so much money on drones, uh, but it's great. But I wish I had someone with me using the drone to film me because otherwise all this stuff's great but i'm mm. always having to set it up and film myself and, down, need, yeah, 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 yeah. and i need someone to film me doing the stuff but my wife is not interested in learning to do it she doesn't <laughs> care about any of these technology she just wants to use her iphone and that's it um so I, i've got the spark i've got the mavic pro um i had the original phantom um so i've got the kind of them buzzing around um obviously gym tech wise uh I use, uh, I said the Apple Watch kind of every day for, for all the training kind of stuff. You know the you know apps on my fitness pal kind of what I use all the time. Um, I'm trying to think what else I what else I, I do a lot of video editing myself as well. Oh, um, so you do you edit your own YouTube videos? Edit my own, own YouTube videos. Make my own radio show. So I've got this uh, house music show called Battery Radio. So yeah. I've obviously got I had to buy myself a decent Rode mic and a and a, I don't know what the word is it like a terminal for speakers. You know when you can. Like in your little sound card yeah, setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that. Um, obviously, like, I had to buy a big portable spare screen because trying to make music off a, off a normal MacBook uh, screen is quite tricky. So that's kind of my what comes with me everywhere. But my main staple is GoPro, laptop, phone, headphones, portable hard drive, camera, and I'm just on that all the time. Um, yeah. Drives my missus mad, really. It's great that you can throw it in a rucksack, though. She doesn't have to help ca- help you carry it. No, she doesn't I mean? have to do anything. Yeah, yeah, that is that is key. But I, I just, I think all, I'm always looking for the next kind of thing. Like I used to have a, I spent a lot of money on DJI products, you know, like the yeah. Osmo, yeah. Osmo Mobile. Uh, and then when I sort of started working with GoPro, I kind of went away with that. But there's a lot of things like the Osmo Mini that the I've seen. Is, yeah, it's decent, mate. Oh, I know, I know. Everyone keeps saying to me, but then I'm like, fuck, I've got, the, you know, I've got the Hero, I've got cut the Hero 7s. I'm like, mm. you know, I just... It's one of those things until someone invents something that's kind of the next level. Like I've used that Fusion 360. Yeah, yeah. The camera's quite cool again. But a lot of stuff, I don't do a lot of extreme sports. So, you know, there's only so much kind of training stuff you can do and holiday bits and pieces you can do. Um, you know, and I think GoPro, like, I think when they signed me, I think they thought I was maybe going to do... Extreme. extreme. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I could not be less extreme <laughs> if you tried. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else really te- technology-wise that I kind of really buy into. Um, I'm always looking for the next... Yeah, the next gadget, you know. Are you kind of a fan of having things that are portable though? Because a lot of the things you've mentioned, like you had the old Phantom DJ, yeah. but you've kind of gone for the ones that can fold yeah. up now. Is it is it kind of important for you to be yes. able to take them? One hundred percent. So I so I got my rucksack with me. I've left it outside the door. Wherever is it, it is. right behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and I, it's always in there. So so, you know, if I can take it with me, set it up really easily, it's fine. You know, when I went on holiday, I kind of took my vlogging bag with me, which has got my my Canon GoPro Fusion obviously the tripods, all the kind of little attachments, the, the sticky bits and pieces. Um, and then, yeah, and obviously I always take my two USB DJ in case yeah. the main DJ dies and they need to call me up in the crowd. Like, always like ready. Yeah. Is there a doctor on board? Is there a DJ on board? Actually, funny you should say that. Yes, yeah. there is. Get me on there. Yeah. Tiesto's died. I'll uh, step up. I'll well, step up. Tech house, <laughs> I've got you. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, with all the uni gigs, commercial, I'll literally do whatever you need. Get me on there. Um <laughs> So yeah, so the, the, I, all the stuff is quite. I really like the portability of all cool. of it. Um, you know, as I said, my, my life is through my my laptop the entire time, and I kind of you've got so many bits and pieces. And I, it's, it's annoying that 
I love Apple, but they keep fucking around with all the attachments and bits and pieces. And that's why, I like, I think you know, that's why I've stayed on this yeah, on the last version of the Mac, but Pro because it's still got the card reader. It's still yeah. got the old USBs. Otherwise, you have to have an attachment for attachment before you know it. Like I had, to, I put Velcro on the back of my case mm. so I could stick a hard drive onto the back, stick the, the adapters onto the back. So I had everything. So it looks like I've got like a supercharged laptop. But I had, to, but I had to replace the battery in my MacBook. It was a nervous day they were like oh we could do it in five days I was like I need it in two days and they managed to hook me up and now it works like a dream because I was ready to replace it but mm. now we're back back good friends good. I actually love I actually before I met my wife I didn't love anyone as much as I love my laptop but now I've <laughs> now I've replaced uh, now I've replaced that with her just oh, oh, okay so we're well, leaving that in the edit nah, she yeah. dips down she okay. dips down sometimes like she's like some days she's like below it she's pissing me off but like today she's on good form so she's a bit Fair enough. Where did the DJing thing come from anyway? Um, so I've always used music as a tool before games. Um, it was something I worked my sports psychologist on since the age of kind of 16. I was one of the first kind of players in the change room of my generation listening to music pre-game. No one else used to do it. They used to have a lot of speakers playing. And when you got onto a bus uh, for a game, uh, I would be the only one with the headphones on. No one else would have them. And then it kind of slowly started filtering in. Now, if you don't have them on, you're the weird one. Everyone's got them. It's like a sea of headphones. You see every footballer getting off. has got his beats on or whatever they're doing. So I always use music with that. And I started going to Vegas. I ended up going to Vegas 13 times in like a, a, a span of <laughs> period. And uh, it was obviously amazing. Vegas is literally the best place on earth. Um, and I started going to Ibiza. And I, and I sort of fell in love with music. And I started seeing DJs. And I was like, hold on a minute. Guys at the front of the room or girls at the front of the room controlling Everyone's mood, playing unbelievable tunes, getting paid to do it with all the attention. How the fuck would I not want to do it? So I would then, I luckily there turned out a load of rugby um, kind of fans were DJ. So um, Jaguar Skills, Simon Dunmore. Um, oh God, who else? There's there's a couple more. Uh, there's a couple more. I'm trying to. Think, there's a very famous um, acid house DJ that I'm going to forget now. But he. So basically, there was a lot of guys there, and I started doing little lessons with everyone, just showed interest, and then I. Went and did a course at Subbase because I had to learn like that. I'm not one of these guys that's overly creative or can just pick stuff up. Like I need mythology behind what I'm doing and I need to be able to to, to do step by step. So I did a course there and now once uh, once twice a week I get a guy called Alex Grover who's an unbelievable guy comes along and to my gaff or I go meet him in um, London and we do DJ lessons just to keep topping stuff up. And I've been playing out for about uh, three years and absolutely loving it. And then people started paying me and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> just literally turn my hobby into a job. It's and not bad, yeah. That's not bad. So basically, everything, I, I, all my hobbies, I've essentially turned into paid jobs, which I don't think is too bad. I mean, apart from barbecue, no one's paying me to barbecue. Yet. yet. Yeah. yeah but barbecue mate. cookbook on the way. <laughs> yeah. I'll, take, I'll take 5% off that, James. Thank <laughs> no you very problem. much. Cheers. No problem. Um, so, actually, Jag was at Bournemouth Sevens, and you yes. were at Bournemouth Sevens. Yes. I was actually there as well, randomly. But well, did you play the same day as Jag? Uh, so, I played, uh, there's two, stand- I played in the VI... The VVIP area. The VVIP. The VVIP area. And uh, 4,000 people turned up. Fuck. And it was fucking <laughs> insane. It was the most fun I've had a gig. There's a dude dressed as me. He was on his stag do. Or, or, with, including red scrum cap, full England kit, and video camera from my schoolboy days. If you want to know about that, you have to Google that. And um, it, it, it was mega. Uh, and it went off. But I think Jag was playing either the closing party the next night or later that night. Yeah. Because also, the guy, um, Roger Woodall, who set Bournemouth 7s up, is kind of the genius behind the, the whole event. I think he he got a new I DJ, but it's, a lot of times I meet people and they don't know that I can actually DJ. There's a lot of people going, oh, you can actually DJ? I'm like, yeah. I think they think I'm like Paris Hilton, just pressing buttons or whatever. Mm. 
um, and, and don't really know what I'm doing. So he was quite astounded. So I think they kind of put me on a slot, a bit tentative, thinking if I completely fucked the whole thing up. But no, it went off, mate. It was absolutely insane. And we kind of raved for an hour. I wanted to stay on. Um, but that was a classic case of where I basically worked at HSBC, for HSBC at the Sevens all day, got picked up in a car, met Chloe. Chloe and I went to Bournemouth, smashed the gig, uh, got a little bit drunk, got back in the car, got driven back home, and then I worked at HSB Sevens the whole the whole next day. So it's kind of, that's the, the crazy time. So we never, we never go too mad at these, yeah. at these gigs, you know? To be fair, you're like the perfect DJ for that kind of gig because there's sevens is literally it's a rugby lot there, isn't it? Really, it was kind of quite cool, yeah. And and, and but it was such a it's like a full festival vibe. You've been, you know, what oh, mean? Yeah, 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 like eight, yeah, eight stages. Yeah, um, everyone kind of going mad. It it was the it's the best sporting festival thing I've ever I've ever seen. Easily, um, yeah. I, I'm desperate to come back again. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and play it next year because it was just so much fun. Yeah, like we were there and like, we, I don't know, I think I was at the Yard, I was on a stage called The Yard and the, the vibe there was just insane. And then, you know, I, I wasn't as busy as you so I got a little chance for a little walk around like in between sets and the vibe there was just insane yeah, and, and like everybody plays some sports during is it sports during yeah, the day yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so everyone plays sevens there's sevens and um, netball yeah. all throughout the day and then it finishes and everyone gets on it and then I think there might be something on the on the Sunday. But it, I was just amazed. It's just trashed people everywhere. It was yeah. a, just a full festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Everyone is absolutely ended everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it just, mate, it was... <sighs> uh, it was incredible. I, I, you know, it was one of my best things. I mean, I, before that, I'd done something for um, the uh, young farmers down in Blackpool, mm. right? And I got invited to do that. And again, they said, if you want to DJ, I just say yes. Um, and I didn't really pay much attention to what I was doing. You know, got there the day. Uh, I got there about uh, nine o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night. I was on at I don't know twelve. Started talking to people. I said, "Oh, so who's on before me?" Um, and they went, "Our oh, band." I was like, "Sweet." And I said, "Who's on after me?" They're like, "Nobody." You're headlining. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and they're like, "You're headlining." And I was like, "Okay, well, fine, right." How many people are going to come down? There'll be, there'll be five thousand people down here. And I was like, "Yeah, but not in the thing." And they were like, "No, there'll be five thousand in the, r- the thing." So I went out to look out the stage. <laughs> it literally <laughs> was just a sea of people, a metal barrier. And me up on 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 stage, and obviously as a rugby player, you play in front of eighty thousand people. You don't notice individuals, and you're part of a team. It's a whole different world when you walk out onto the decks, and it's you, and it's them, and everybody's watching you, and everyone's night is dictated by whether you play the right tunes. You can literally fuck up everyone's vibe, and that was mega. And I thought that was kind of the pinnacle. But then Bournemouth kind of took it to a whole new level, and I think Ibiza Rocks is going to be another level again so okay. um i'm pretty excited by that and is this going to be tech house that you're playing no 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 so 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 my my radio show is my much more my kind of vibe it's kind of yeah. defected defected record star music into a bit more tech house yeah. into the last 20 minutes is always kind of techno the stuff that i play uh for universities the stuff i play at this stuff much more commercial uh much more kind of you know MK, that kind of stuff that you would hear. Um, you know uh, Medusa, all those kind of people that that that, that are playing at the moment. So I, you know, I would I tailor. I would never do that. I think actually, interesting enough, I beat the rocks. They had no idea who I was. I think it was actually Craig David who kind of put me put me forward for it because I become um, you know I've got to know him quite well. And he's a, he's a, a, an absolute legend. I think they thought. I was going to try and play tech house and techno to a pool party crowd, and I beat them. I was like, "No, no, don't, don't panic. That's not my. I've got two separate worlds. Really, I've got my personal kind of personal preference, which, you know, as I said when we went to Soho Farmhouse, just kicked off. It was unbelievable. My first track that I I mixed in, I, I was like, pointed. I was like, "Can I play this?" She was like, "Yeah." It was like um, Adam Bayer's "Losing Your Mind," and <laughs> everybody just went mental. 
I, I, I was like, I, I never get to, I don't even get to play this at the gigs that I want to play this at. Um, but all the commercial stuff I absolutely love. You know, we, I was jamming yesterday with, um, with my DJ guy and we were just playing all the kind of music that we were, we were playing and, uh, that we'd play at Ibiza and it's, yes, wicked. It's just really commercial, great vibes, great pool party vibes. So I love both. I love both. Anything that reacts, the crowd react to, but I'm not, uh, sadly, I haven't, you know, I'm not Carl Cox in a, in a kind of a, a niche where you book me and you know what you're going to get. I, I play whatever the crowd the crowd yeah. want, except I, I don't play a lot of hip-hop or garage, really. So it's Fair kind enough. of different genres of house. I'm going to yeah. try to learn to DJ hip-hop, actually. It's something I want to try. Really? Would you like to step into that yeah, as well? Yeah, well, what I'd like to do is just be able to go to... I'd like to get so upskilled. It's the same thing with I, I apply to sport with, with DJing, is that I want to get upskilled and everything. So I did, a D, I did the uh, music production course with Tour Room. So I wanted to get into that. So I started trying to do producing some music. And obviously I finished off with a track out of that. I've actually gone into the studio with a couple of times with a guy called Dean Ramirez and a lady called DJ Laura. And we've made some tracks and stuff. But I want to improve. Like, So I'd love to get a bit of garage, a bit of R&B, a bit of hip-hop so I can upskill myself anyway. So if I come into that, I can play different formats. I can play different crowds. For me, it's like a never-ending journey. And it's something I really love. So I kind of invest in it. You know, I pay to publish my my radio show. I pay for have these DJ lessons because I think it's... It's really good for me, and I think you can't. You, my same sort of application to anything in life is that you can always get better. Yeah. I just want to do it. You know, I've never tried it. I don't know how hard it's going to be. Um, you know, I probably won't try and DJ trap or drum and bass because I don't see myself doing that. But I think you know, a bit of garage, be able to bang a few of these in, be able to bang in a bit of you know R and B, mm. bit of hip hop. Mm. Jag's a good f- shout for that, actually. Mate, he's unbelievable. It's he sent he me um, he sent me fifteen of his latest kind of remix tracks, and oh, mate, they're unbelievable. And I cannot wait to play them but the problem is I think the time I want at Ibiza is too early for them Yeah, but mate they're incredible and they're all they're all time stretched so it's literally I, you just quick mix and they're just bangers yeah. every single one he's he's a genius like I remember I went round to his house to give him a DJ lesson he just taught me beat juggling on vinyl <laughs> Yeah, so he had a Serato he had two uh, 1210s what they are and, and he was literally teaching me beat juggling and I remember I was doing he was like no 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 go back to, no no <laughs> all I kept saying he kept saying it was no 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 it's like whining about it. by the end of it we were kind of getting it but it's just cool. It's just amazing things like this. Well, look, with teachers like that, mate, you're going to be smashing clubs. <laughs> no. I'll tell you what. No, because the thing is as well is that remember that guys like Jagger Skills and and uh, Simon Dunmore and all these people are like, are like geniuses. They're yeah. doing it from such an early age. It's often sometimes very hard to kind of communicate how you do it. That's why I had to go to a class and actually learn from the beginning and understand music. I still you know, don't, obviously, you know, I'm still trying to comprehend all of it. It's not, it's not, uh, I don't think I, I fully get it, but I kind of understand it. But just now the principles of mixing and trying to do things and, you know, I, I've started doing a bit of acapella mixing, trying to put things over the top as well of, of, of stuff. So, it, you know, I got onto the three-deck mixing and quite enjoy that kind of stuff. So I started, I DJed at Ascot Racecourse uh, about three weeks ago and I had to, uh, three gigs, one 45-minute, one hour, one 15-minute. And I honestly lost one, my mind. One five, 15. Mm, one five, weird. <clears throat> Weird, right? But but yeah. the, the weird thing was, like, it was I walked into this place to play, and if you stepped into the tent, you could hear the music. And play it was open sided; you could hear the music. If you took your foot outside the tent, you couldn't hear it. So I walked up to decks, and I was like tra- swapping over this this woman, and I literally my tour manager was me, and I, and I said, uh, "This isn't volume, is it?" They're like, "Oh, because the racing's on." I went, "Well, we'll do, what's the fucking point? Yeah. You might as well put Spotify on." And, and they were like, "No, it's as loud as we can go." I was like, "Well." You've got to go a little bit louder. I mean, I can't. If, honestly, if I stepped away from the monitor, I couldn't hear it. 
So I had a mat, like I ended up having wanted to kill this sound guy who was a complete plum who kept telling me he used to be a drummer. I was like, mate, I don't give a shit what you used to do. Shut up and fucking turn up the volume. So honestly, he was like pretending to walk around on an iPad the whole time. Yeah. I knew he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. So every time he walked away, I'd just turn up the, 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 the booth monitors. He'd come and turn them down. While he'd walk away, I'd turn them back up again. I'd turn the main up. He'd be fucking turning it down. And then by the end of it, there was no bass. No, there was no bass in the entire place. Every time in my headphones, when it dropped, I was having the time of my life, right? And I'd be like, yes, I'd take them off and it'd just be like, tss, 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 tss. and I, honestly, by the end of it, I got shit-faced because I was, this is bullshit. And I had eyes, hands up to my eyes up, but not because I was like, where's the bass? Can anybody <laughs> see the bass? And people in the crowd go, where's the bass? And I was like, I don't know. Ask that prick. Where's the bass? Mate, honestly, it was fucking bullshit. But I actually recorded it because no one could hear it. The last half an hour of my, of my hour set, I just played three-deck mixing uh, a Honey Dijon set from Sugar Mountain, I, which is unbelievable. If you look on, uh, listen to on SoundCloud, it's one of the best set house sets I've ever heard. And I was just playing all that, and I recorded it, so it sounds good. So I'm going to put it up on my um, up on my thing. Slap out. Where, where do you put your mixes up? Are you going to put it on the podcast? I've got, I've got it on, on the Mixcloud and SoundCloud under both under James Haskell. SoundCloud just randomly takes shit down every five minutes, so that's very frustrating. But Mixcloud, they've kept all the mixes up there, so I've kind of got everything I've done. It's under James Hask or James Haskell if you search that. So I've got. Uh, I've got a couple of thousand followers on each one. Uh, but one of my, my, I made a deep house mix once and it had over 100,000 um, listens, which I thought was like, unbelievable. I like, went to number one and everything. I was like, it's a big, I thought it was going to be the big, big break, but it didn't happen. It just meant I went to number one and that was it and got loads of people listening. It's a good look though, man. Like, honestly, I'm really surprised because a lot of people like to kind of, one, admit the fact that they've gone to DJ school. A lot yeah. of people are like, yeah, I just started DJing because I'm sick. <laughs> I am the party. I'm not sick. And uh, two, like, you you are actually, bruv, you're doing a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not just doing, like, bar mitzvahs, nah, you know, But I am weddings. available for weddings and funerals. <laughs> um, but I tell you, I was doing something for um, Grenade. I'm sponsored by Grenade, the supplement yeah. range. And uh, I went to a place called Tanks a lot the other day. If you see on my Instagram, you're driving, like, a big orange tank and nice. shit. But there was a, a hearse tank which was a big black tank where they'd taken the back out of it and put a Cadillac hearse yeah. into the back of it with glass sides. The people have been using it for funerals. Sick. So I'm thinking I did Pride this year and they had a pink tank. So next year I want to turn up to Pride with a pink tank, decks on top of it, speakers on the front of the tank, roll that down uh, Regent Street with a massive rave up with Fuck me, yes. full rainbow gears just playing... Unbelievable tunes. house tunes as we're going along. Sick, mate. If you want to host for that, I'm down, man. Yeah, Rainbow yeah. suit is oh, ready. Yeah, is yeah, mate, I need on. a hype, man. I literally oh, need a hype, man. I am that guy, bro. Really, That's what please. I do. Get it, get it on. Because honestly, it, mate, it was the most ridiculous party I've ever been involved in. Like, I know, and people go, oh, pride. It's you know, it's a it's a protest. It's not a thing. I was like, well, it's the best of both worlds. Why can't we have a fucking great time and protest? Gonna be honest. Less of a protest, <laughs> more of a party. Well, I'm gonna be honest. What's interesting yeah. was is that after all this kind of shit with Israel Folau and a few other people, yeah, yeah. And all these kind of mad religious people, um, it, it it was interesting. There was like, you know, six or seven people deep. There was like six. I swear there must be about sixty thousand people out in London, and it just kind of really made you realise that we're a lot more progressive and accepting, and that the world is a good place. But me in a tank listening to that with I'm every woman <laughs> what is that? Something, like, something like that, you know, like YMCA yes. or whatever, you know, I yeah. just made it was going off. Yeah. So Sick. I'm all over that. I mean, that must have been quite an eye opening moment. Your responses to his comments though, earlier on in the year, because I kind of saw it it, 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 it it got to you, man. I could t- I could tell in, in the reaction to your reaction. Yeah. I could tell that it got under your skin a little bit. Yeah. It did, though, didn't it? No, no. I, I think, um, you know, I, I obviously... Anyone with a brain or anyone who's level-headed, of course. It, uh, 
understands what he was saying was bullshit and understands that you know without getting too deep religion is fantastic because it gives so many people hope uh you know a voice for when you uh, or, or someone to listen to when you're struggling rules to live your life by can make the world a better place it's also responsible for complete and utter carnage across the whole thing more people have died in the name of religion than anything else um but if you're level-headed you can see the, the positivity in, in in both uh what he said was just was just nonsense and the reaction to it you know it was so funny they this this christian activist group tried to get me um they must have they sent hundreds of letters into the RFU apparently trying to get me like sanctioned because I said some hate speech. <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do? I'm retiring. Is yeah. it, is it, I wouldn't even turn up to the. If the I wouldn't even turn up to the uh, the tribunal. Like, you know, we're going to sanction you. No, you're not. Yeah. It's like being at school when you leave school. It's like, well, we're going to put you in detention. You're not. Yeah. We're going to send you a letter, and I ain't yeah. going to read it. Um, yeah. So it's just we have to be very careful because religious people are nutters, and, it, and it, they they will, you know, you, you can't push them too hard because they will just turn up to your house and kill you. That, that's what people do. I mean, in all in all sorts of places. So I've kind of tried to, to tone it down. I was just pissed off because we do a lot of stuff for lots of people um, in, in in rugby, lots of charities. And I think when someone then, you know, people were going to be, well, what, where were you when you know Muslims were killing these people? Where were you when this was happening? I was like, well, hold on a minute. I don't complain about everything in the world. Someone in my sphere of influence said something that I didn't like about something we are standing up for. We've just been wearing rainbow laces. So I'm not picking a fight with everyone. I'm not one of these. Comp- People who you know, and they say it's called um, virtue signalling, which I learned was a new was a new word. That's what all the bell ends on on social media call it. And I was like, no, I just heard something I didn't like, and I spoke up about it because he put something out there. So I thought I'd put something out there, and I thought it was important to do that. I think there's a lot of people, um, you know, that are through social media feel guilty about them, their appearance, about their how they should live their lives, how they should act. If someone like that puts something out there, it's it's bad. Like, I'm not I'm not wiser than white. I make mistakes all the time. I've been rude to people. I've said shit to people. Um, but I just think, in particular, that just that just annoyed me. And then the reaction to it was just quite funny. It was like, um, it was just bizarre. I mean, I've been condemned to hell loads of times, but we'll see. You know, I'll either be operating at, you know, drinking a martini at the at the bar in heaven, or we're playing a kick-ass set in hell, <laughs> kick, set in hell. <laughs> or there won't be anything and yeah. I'll be worm food. Who knows? Or yeah. come back as a caterpillar. I don't yeah. know. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. Fair enough. We'll worry about that when it happens. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's part of your transition into broadcasting, though, is being aware of just the public's reaction to what you say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it could be negative or other times it can be quite positive and viral <laughs> even. I think the thing with it is you've got to understand that um, now in life you can offend anyone for anything. Everybody's super sensitive. Everybody has a word. Everyone has a platform. Uh, but common sense should be the, the guiding guiding force. And, and you know, you've got big corporations, big media people, you know, they do um, crap their pants first and foremost because they've got to protect themselves. But actually, that's why politics is going down the toilet is because nobody wants to offend anyone. No one wants to make tough decisions. And I don't want to be, I don't want to alienate people, but I've got an opinion about certain things. And more often than not, I feel it's based on on some common sense. However, I'm very acutely aware that I come from a certain section of society I come from a certain uh, upbringing, a certain thing. So, you know, I would never try to put myself in the position of someone that is is different from me. I, and I think it's very bad when when people do that. But again, hopefully common sense will be your guiding factor. Um, but listen, you know, I, I am a bit controversial sometimes, but I don't mean, mean to be. It's just you've got an opinion. I think it's important. Now nobody has an opinion. Or if they do, they're suddenly Katie, Katie Hopkins, where it's like completely mad. And I think it takes a lot more people saying level-headed things like yourself to kind of counteract those other people because mm. you find that bad news spreads 
whether it's somebody saying they don't like what someone says or they do like what someone says, that just seems to go viral a lot more quickly. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think we need more stand-up people like yourself to say what they feel, as long as it's morally right. Mm. I mean, I, I believe to do that because it's going to take more people like yourself saying stuff like that than it is that people that are going totally the other way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but also I think as well, you know, this. I just finished that book, um, The Secret Barrister, and it's really interesting about, you know, the law and how, you know, when, when people get sanctioned for low for low sentences, how everyone always breathes, oh, the judge should be fired, this isn't right, we're letting paedophiles, you know, letting paedophiles out. But interestingly, there's loads of different things that we don't know as members of the public that the reason the judges can't give too many sanctions, why this is why this has happened, but you don't know about it. And that's just that in the law side of what we read in the media. So there's so much stuff that we don't believe in, so much reactionary stuff that goes on that sometimes it's just having a moment actually being, look, you know, if, if, for example, with Christianity, you know, if they, they wrote a new testament because the Old Testament was too aggressive, so he changed it. Like, didn't, two versions didn't either. Like, oh, that's a bit. That's a bit. Yeah, old, yeah, old, yeah, old Testament yeah. God was like killing yeah. and condemning and like genocide. But because he said it was, it's not genocide. That's the argument. But, um, but they had the New Testament bit. But it's like, well, fine, you changed it. Well, why can't we just be progressive? Why can't you say, well, actually, that was then, now, let's progress a little bit further and let's go, actually, do you know what? Since there was Adam and Eve, there's been Adam and Steve, there's been, you know, Jess and Clara, there's been fucking any, everybody doing whatever they wanted to do. Let's just be progressive. But it just seems like we're stuck in stuck in that kind of weird mindset where we'll bend the rules a little bit. It's like gun laws in America. It's like, you cannot change the Second Amendment. It's like, yes, you can. It's an amendment, you dickheads. That's exactly why you can change it. It was an amendment. And it was about, you know, I think it's, um, who is it who says it? Uh, it's Jim Jeffries is talking about the fact that, you know, people could have the right to bear arms, a flintlock musket. So a flintlock musket gives you a lot of time to simmer down. Yeah. Oh, you know, loading it, powder. <laughs> but, you know, you're there for 20 minutes before you shot someone. Yeah. That wasn't based on a bloke with an AR-15 with a banana mag and a laser sight. That yeah. wasn't, you know... That was to stop, to stop the government trying to take it. But again, common sense just says, no, you know, more guns. Everybody needs guns. Arm yeah. the teachers. Arm the kids. Yeah. I love it when um, Sasha Baron Cohen got those American people to say <laughs> about doing like cartoons for arming the kids. Like, preschoolers. Arm the preschoolers. Yeah. Oh, that was, what was that? Was that This Is America? What was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, Tommy, the, when oh. they said, when they go to the people, goes, who wants $25 million of investment? <laughs> yeah. Who wants to have a new building? Yeah. Who, you guys have won are you ready? A new super mask. And everyone's like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> and they all go mad. And it's like, oh God, no, this is literally what's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, so I just love it when, when you get a little glimpse in, you know, through the looking glass and see actually what people are really like. Yeah. But, you know, guns, homosexuality, mosques everywhere. The world is just a crazy place. 2019. 2019, yeah. mate. I just don't understand, you know, why everyone gets bogged down by all these things. Yeah, I mean, some of it, I think, is just consuming a lot of media. Like, I, I feel like I have to take a little break from the news sometimes. I have to distance myself. If, if I sat there, like, my dad's terrible for this. He'll sit there, retired. He'll watch the news all day long. Oh, I just, mate. I'll, I'll come in and see him in an afternoon on a weekend, and he'll be sitting there going, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, why are you doing this to yourself, Dad? Get on the allotment yeah. and go and do your yeah. tomatoes. Yeah, you don't need to be doing that. Because like, that is the thing, is we've got so much consumable media now, yeah. and nobody looks into any fact-checking. That's why I'm always like, I love a dinner party story where you're sitting down there talking or having dinner with your mates or whatever, and you're like, so, you know, did you hear that this has happened? And I'm pretty much sure now that it, most of the facts are wrong. Yeah, oh yeah. And 100%. it's like they didn't make it up. And there's always a friend of a friend who told you something and no one ever looks into any of it. Um, so that is my big, that's why I think like platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they should, you know, have algorithms and stuff to just filter this stuff out and just get rid of it. Because I apparently died. I died on Facebook from a steroid overdose. Right. Um, I died... And I, and I was selling drugs and then I killed myself 
I had all of the whole idea, and they'd put it on a banner with ESPN. It went everywhere. Um, and the, but the actual was, was eventually they were trying to sell the steroids that I'd apparently died of. It was right. nothing to do with it, and that was just fake news. And I died. Fake news. Really bad advertisement for the steroids, though, isn't it? Really, like, yeah. Got Look two hench. Die. Got two <laughs> hench, and yeah. then I died. Yeah, perfect steroids so, if you want to get hench but and Tom, die. But happened to Tom Brady. As yeah. well, so the NFL guy. So that was quite pleased that he'd been accused of failing a drugs test. I, I accused of failing a drugs test. Then I either top myself or I I die because of the steroids. But ultimately, it was because the steroids. You could purchase them at this website. So basically, somebody did some testing on Facebook. They did all three articles and thought, right, which one's got the most clout? Like, this one, we'll stick with that. Put the pay behind that. Yeah. Let's get some steroids. Yeah. And it was all it was all on the on the back of it, ESPN stuff. And I was like, well, that's no good, is it? Bastards. Um. So- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So it's very apparent to listener now that you're an active guy. You do loads. I mean, we've still not even spoken about the books yet and, and you know, the house, house of rugby. But when you were like always tinkering away and, and trying new things during your career and even now, where, was there anyone ribbing you like in your team? Like, James, you're doing way yes. too much, man. Yeah, I mean, my wife does that to me now. But um, yeah, I took criticism from everybody. I took criticism from all the old school rugby players. I took criticism from journalists. I took criticism from uh, coaches for... Uh, just trying to broaden my horizons. And now, you know, I've just retired. It's a scary place. There's lots of psychological issues with retiring for, for lots of different people. And because I haven't got a vocation, I still have to work and find stuff. But I'm glad that I've started already the path and done these things already because a lot of lads haven't. And a lot of lads, you know, will have a better careers than me or worse careers than me. And it's and it's a very scary place. So I got heat from everybody um, I've always been guilty of probably doing too much. Even though I, I feel like in the last kind of five or six years, I got the work-life balance right. It's better to do two things really well than, than ten things badly. Um, but I just end up being reactionary, you know, like the music thing. Everyone's like, we should just focus on DJ. I'm like, yes, but that unfortunately is not going to pay the bills and is is great. But I'm very, I'm going to struggle massively to become credible. Everyone keeps saying to me, credit, you know, you're a rugby player, you know, you're not going to be taken seriously. People in music, or in, as in art, as in everything, are very, like, particular. So it's going to be a long battle. You know, the, the fitness books and cookbooks were great because I was helping people and they were, they were fantastic. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's not a sustainable thing. You, you, you know, you have to have the sales to match it. I mean, you know, 
both of them sold really well but in comparison to what my wife sold you know, she absolutely killed it she was the second biggest selling fitness author of 2018 behind the the body coach bastard yeah she's completed the game ain't no one stopping no him, one he is in the st- next stratosphere he's, he's up there he's different level he's just yeah. going to bed like scrooge mcduck on a <laughs> on a massive mound of cash um, doing, doing crunches with with, with just cash <laughs> with gold blocks <laughs> yeah, gold, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was what i would do. instead of kettlebells gold uh gold bars yeah. um so he's been kind of killing it um and then you know the tv and broadcasting stuff again i'll absolutely love it but it's it's freelance it's, it's very you know I, I feel like you have to make stuff happen for yourself hence me setting up the radio show hence me kind of doing all the social media bits and pieces and the sing song just you're speaking about broadcasters so yeah, just, yeah, just came across this clip of you i mean i mean as, it, as a broadcaster i think Everybody has their highlight reels. This is definitely one of yours. Yeah. I'd like you to explain what happened afterwards. Fine. But listen carefully to the clarity James brings to this conversation on Sky Sports Rugby. Sing song? Is it everyone into the ice bath? What will they be doing now? I think you'll have a sing song. <laughs> um, it's important to celebrate a victory, whether it was the prettiest thing in the world. I think you've got to get around with each other, ready to regrow next week. <laughs> I mean, they- Hi. You know what? Right. Everybody laughs at that. I genuinely, genuinely thought at the time I was having a stroke. <laughs> honestly, what honestly, the fuck, really? honestly, honestly, because what happened was is that somebody in the in the the truck had put a delay on my headphones, uh. right? And there's an app that you can get uh, on your iPhone, and uh, Chris Moyles does it on his radio show, where if you put your voice on a certain time lag delay in your headphones and you can hear it, your brain can't function and you're unable to speak. Yeah, and the guy had done that to me so I could hear myself my headphones and when I started to talk it felt like I was slipping to one side or standing up I was like oh my god I'm this can't be what I sound like because in my mind I was thinking clearly I was like right have a sing song even if it's not the prettiest game together you want to regroup make sure you celebrate the little victories you know and go again but it came out absolute bollocks right <laughs> and, but but as I was talking I could hear it and I thought oh, I've heard I've heard talk back before you know maybe it's fine and then I looked at Will Greenwood, he was fine. I went off and mowed the lawn. And then everyone went, like, laughed at me. And I was like, what for? And they went, did you not hear yourself? I went, well, that's not how I sounded. And they were like, yes, it yeah. was. And then my phone just went, and blew yeah. up. And everyone's like, and obviously you got all the football fans going, mate, you're such a fucking mug drinking. Don't drink, you fucking idiot. Like, everyone's going completely mad. Like, shouldn't be pissed. Oh, you know, too much hospitality. I was like, I haven't had one drink. Was that fully sober then, really? Mate, 100%, I was like I am now, 100% sober. Yeah. I promise you. I thought you were going to level with me and be like, yeah. No, yeah, I tell you, I wouldn't shit. I'm yeah, retired. I would yeah. honestly be like, no, no, but mate, I'd have to have been on a load of narcotics and a load of drinks to, to be able to do that. That's like, that's the kind of shit you see um, that Kerry Katona going on like Good Morning Britain on, mm. or like Britney Spears smashing a load of like <laughs> Vicodin and sleepers and, yeah. you know, after a 24-hour flight. Yeah. Hey, I don't, you know, I don't even, when I'm drunk normally, I don't change. I mean, what was great about that though is that you're, it's your straight face is that you look like, it was it the Far Show? There was yeah. the guy that was like, and I was very, yeah, very, very yeah, drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Me, the third Duke of Winborn, the girls change room, my age, my reputation. I was very, very, very drunk. That's exactly where yeah, it is like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sing song. The whole thing was made of marzipan. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. That's essentially what I felt like. But I was legit. 100% sober yeah so I guess somebody got in a little bit of trouble then for that delay then right uh, well no no one took, took the accountability <laughs> I just weathered it I weathered it I had so much so I had to go on soccer AM 
to deal with it because all the football fans were like getting into me still you know but they, they call things like football fans they just call you the C-U-N-T every five minutes do you know what I mean so you you know you're like you fucking you're like oh god calm down um, so I had to deal with that but it's just basically public shaming and everyone now brings it up brings it up so thanks lads for doing yeah, no problem. it's fine but it's fine. Rude not to. it's perpetuating that kind of full you know just that bit of myth is yeah. he going to get loose? Is he not going to get loose? Yeah. Is he crazy? Can he speak? Can he not speak? But hopefully it hasn't affected my my bookings. I think it will make your bookings go up. I think there are people tuning in just to see... Right, has he, has he got this? Got <laughs> I've, actually, I've, actually <laughs> done, I've actually subsequently done Sky a few times yeah. since, thank God, I got back on the horse. Because yeah. I think if I hadn't... If work had dried up after that and that was my last moment in the sun... yeah. Could have been real bad. Yeah, it would have been, man. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's just a, look, we'll put a link to the clip yeah, in the show description. Do. It's a tweet that went out as a geezer who just had had his like sky. It was my mate. It. Was it your it mate? My mate. It was my guy called Dan Robson who plays Gosh. for me, and he was he he prime ready to stitch me. Who needs enemies, right? I know. Who needs enemies when you got mates like that? So the rugby podcast, House of Rugby, with yeah. Dennis, right? It's like number one rugby podcast in the UK. Yeah. I'm hearing it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's it about though? Because if you're not a rugby fan, I feel like this is a great rugby podcast to get into as well. Yeah. So look, I think um, the whole idea that, that the house of rugby was initially, I think they wanted to create something that wasn't too laddy, which was um, you know informative, which would have different guests all the time talking about talking about rugby, but would was more about stories, personalities, views, and perspectives, and actually the biggest thing we are and compliment we're getting is that people who have no interest in rugby are tuning in because I think sports stories behind the scenes stuff is applicable to anybody and I think sometimes people want an insight of what it's like in the change and what it's like dealing with my retirement what it's like dealing with um, you know the ups and downs of being a sports person we've had my, my wife on you know, giving us perspective of what it's like going out with a sports person we've had Mike Tyndall's wife on obviously Zara uh, we've had all these kind of different people on um, and, and players have kind of come on and opened up and said, you know, Billy Vanapola said, you know, when he was struggling with his injury, you know, he, he turned to drink a little bit. He was getting a bit loose. And, and I think we kind of created a comfortable atmosphere where people can can, can speak freely. Um, and it's just gone mega, really. I think, you know, there's other podcasts out there that are super nausy, which are for, for real keynotes who they want to dissect everything. They want to talk about everything. It's not really my vibe. I, you know, I like rugby. I'm not a huge rugby fan. I don't sit and watch rugby all the time. Um, I, I used to watch rugby more to learn about uh, stuff from other players that I was interested in learning from. I wouldn't watch games. Where some players, you know, Elliot Daly, Dan Robson, they they will watch every bit of rugby on the TV. They will plan their weekend round. If we go on an away game and we're playing the next day, they will get the bar, the hotel bar, to put on that night's game so they can watch it all. That's not me. And I think House of Rugby has been kind of really good with that. You know, we were sponsored by Guinness. You know, we get to have a beer. We get to sit back and and relax you know Alex Payne is, is fantastic he's kind of an ex uh, Sky presenter or still does some Sky presenting but very polished very reserved kind of little Lord Fauntleroy he's kind of like you know like a Just William-esque character and there's kind of me obviously just king of verbal diarrhea and you've kind of got Mike Tyndall World Cup winner you know very experienced then kind of Mike will go off and will bring in a, a Ben Ryan you know who's, who's coached Fiji to the to the uh, you know gold medal at the Olympics but just culturally the stories about what it was like to, to to be in Fiji and what Fiji was like and the stuff he had to do like his first training session he turned up and their best player wasn't there so after training session he went to the village and he, the guy was on on the floor and he couldn't play because someone had cursed his legs and like everyone was legit like you can't play and I, I, I've like I've tried to use that excuse a few times <laughs> as to why I walked funny and why I couldn't train yeah. my legs are cursed obviously no one believed it but but um yeah it's kind of quite mega yeah it is man you had some great guests on there as well including like um 
Richard from Richard and Judy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Randomly, yeah. Yeah, because you know he's Chloe's Chloe's dad? No, I My wife's dad. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, so my wife's dad. Yeah, I know. What a father in law. I know, what a boy, mate. He's unbelievable. He's he's wicked. So that's Chloe. So I didn't know uh, until the first, uh, after the first two or three dates that I'd, that it was her dad. It was only when I'd stayed over uh, and I, I looked at the picture on the wall. And I thought, fuck, you know, Chloe's into some fruit looking pieces. Like, like I, I you know, it's kind of like an like older, you know, well aged, you know, like when I say well aged, like aged unbelievably well, playboy character. So I don't really like that. You know, we were chalk and cheats. And then I found out it was a dad. So I was a little bit of a sigh of, re- sigh of relief. Um, but yeah, Rich and Judy are my, my in laws. So, so it's, it's their uh, wicked people. So he came on. We've, um, we've had all sorts, really. Yeah. Vernon Kay, I think. Yeah, Vernon, Vernon Kay yeah. presented yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, but the back catalogue of people coming on is, is 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 fantastic. We've got a new forty four shows coming up, so we're going to do some more bits and pieces. Obviously, the World Cup's coming up. I'm trying to get a few other other uh, people on board. Um, you know, I want to get some other people from different sports. I might just even get David Hay in from from the boxing world. And I think that'd be an interesting chat. He's 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 a good talker, isn't he? He's a very good talker. So yeah, he's I'm, got chat. I'm keen to get a few people in. What's Christmas like though at Richard and Judy's house though? If you go over to the inwards. <laughs> well, that was the first my very first meeting with them. I got wow. invited over to Boxing Day. That's right? a big deal. That is a massive deal. Yeah. And, and I, not, most people would normally kind of sort of crap their pants and just not go. But I fronted it. I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. What's the worst going to happen? Rolled in, entire family, her, two, her three brothers, all their girlfriends, me, Rich and Judy in there. It was brilliant. Uh, it was all going really swimmingly until they told me that Richard was a bit of an animal in the kitchen. That like, when he's cooking and balancing him, you don't want to disturb him. Like, he once told Jamie Oliver to fuck off out of the kitchen when it, when Jamie Oliver came in. So I bowled in, thought I'd break a bit of ice, give him a bit of stick, and he just went, fuck off! And I literally went, whoop, turned around, <laughs> came back to the table and was like, head in hands like this, yeah. going, <sighs> Chloe was like, what's wrong, babe? And I was like, I don't know how to say this, Chloe, but um, your dad just told me to fuck off. And um, I just don't think I can, I mean, it's really awkward. I don't think we can, you know, I probably have to go home now because, you know, when some parent told you to fuck off, you yeah, think it's really bad. Yeah. But Richard just breezed in as like he said nothing. We were best of friends as everywhere and tell, apparently tells everyone to fuck off. So it was kind of quite the perfect the perfect thing. But we bonded ever since. Judy hasn't told me to fuck off, which is good. Right, I mean, she tells you I to think fuck off. Yeah, it's real. I think it's really good. Yeah, Especially yeah. she's like a, you know, kind of a best-selling author academic. I think if that, she pulls the pin out on that one, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, it's bad news. But was the food good, though? Very good, actually. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was really good. He makes a, a naughty little gravy, actually, kind of a homemade. Yeah. I think there's a bit of sherry in there. I think there's a few bits and pieces and a bit of port. I think it's very yeah, nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a good gravy. Yeah. A bit, <laughs> bit of booze in it, yeah, mate. Yeah, there is. Um, so before you get out of it, because you've been here for for an hour clearly, uh, what are you thinking about rugby this year? Then World Cup. I know, I know. Like you said at the start, it's a bit of a sore because you're kind of so close to the end of your career. Mm. So you're 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 next to it, really, aren't you? You're, you're looking at it. You've just passed it. So what 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 you just, just passed it? <laughs> you passed it. You dust it. Yeah. What are your thoughts for the team? This I year? think it's How really exciting. I think yeah. um, as I said, I'm going to go hopefully go into camp. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what they're doing and yeah. catch up with the guys because again I, I haven't everyone's back in pre-season now so all my rugby friends are kind of working hard um, so I don't know what they think following me on social media where like one minute I'm DJing at Rolls Royce <laughs> next minute I mean I'll be the next minute I'm sort of somewhere else so I think they you know I think obviously retirement probably looks like it's more fun than it is um, but I think England you know for me can go on and win the World Cup I'm really excited about it I think uh, hopefully you know, we get behind them like we did with the cricket and everything else, and maybe it's coming home. Who knows what the what the story is? But I believe England can can go and do it, and I think that's why retiring was so um, much harder for me because I genuinely believe that there's a good chance of winning it. And I think uh, 
you know, hopefully I'm close enough if they do when I can still cash in. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I was sort of there. I played three and a half years, just missed out on the, yeah. the important bit. Yeah, I think um, so. But I think, you know, I'd, I'd love them to see them do it. I think uh, Eddie Jones's coaching staff are, are brilliant. I think the players are, are are awesome. So I'm very excited about kind of the, the uh, you know, the, the World Cup. I mean, the first two weeks, I'm in the Maldives. <laughs> Like at a six-star hotel, uh, commenting for the, commenting for the guests on the World Cup. Hollywood James, <laughs> man. Hey, it's the best gig. I put it up, and lads are right. going, "Fuck off, mate! That can't be real. That can't be real." I went, "Yeah, yeah." Sonny Vafushi, I'm going to, and um, yeah, I've got to commentate, and then hopefully go out to Japan after that. But nice. if not, that's not a bad intro for two weeks. It's not bad. W- will you be able to get involved in any of the drills if you get down to camp and help out a little bit? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they wanted me to DJ maybe. In before them during the work during the workout uh, their workout afternoon strength sessions and then maybe do a session with a back row in the morning. But, yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't know. What, listen, when Eddie calls, you just do what you tell what he tells you do to do. Fair so enough. he just says, he's like, mate, do you want to come to camp? I was like, yep, sir. Yep. You know, and then he's put his kind of other guys in charge of, of trying to sort it out. But I think it's a combination of DJ and coaching, shit chatting. I don't know. Mate. Who knows what it could be. On that note, mate, I've got, <laughs> <laughs> got, to leave, got to leave on a high, mate. Thanks very much for coming on the My show. My pleasure, thank Fucking you. Sick. <laughs> Cheers for coming down, Cheers, mate. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.